Melody always had a routine. Wake up at 6 a.m. to the morning sun, ready to work the chores today. She does the laundry, washing the dishes, fetching the groceries, making breakfast for the kids. It's normal for young Johnny to leave for school early and his little sister Bella to follow him soon after. It's been like that for years and years. And Melody doesn't mind. Melody takes care of the things around the house. Not a care in the world about what's happening around her. In her spare time, she would help the fields right nearby. The old neighbor's back would give out at times. And in return for some coin, she'd help carry the harvest and drive the trucks. Very dependable, as always. And when the kids come back home from school, she would make dinner for them. Sweet old roast potatoes and beet stew. It's Johnny's favorite. And also mine. Bella prefers more greens. I want veggies, she'd always say. And Melody would make this wonderful seafood salad. Baby rocket picked from the neighborhood fields. And fresh fish brought over by local fishermen friends from the harbor nearby. They'd make the rounds and she'd get the best ones. Johnny would fight with Bella over the food sometimes. Always complaining about how the veggies are creeping into the good meaty stuff. It gets lively in the house when Melody has to take care of these two kids bickering all the time. <laughs> Until they get tired and drift off to sleep. Melody would tell them stories of adventures and treasures of, of pirates and monsters, of kings and queens. Bella would get so excited at these stories and Johnny would drift off long before getting to the action. He would try to fit in the gaps himself, adding in his own heroes and machines. And once the kids are said and done, she would finally have time for herself. She would go downstairs and open up this large curve-shaped leather case of hers, hiding her one and only treasure, a violin. And she would slowly, quietly play. Melody is a hell of a musician. She's beautiful, both in her notes and in life. I know. I've been watching her for far too long. Episode 11 Melody's Way. Welcome to the Tempered Fables. My name is N.T. Clover. Come, sit by the fire. Let me tell you a story. The notes at midnight are a bliss for dear Melody. She's barely 30, and she can't catch a break from the world except when she picks up that violin. She would play at midday, too. After setting up the laundry to the summer breeze, while the kids are out playing in the forest nearby, the notes come to life. I'm there to listen. Of course I am. What else is there to do at this time of the day? <laughs> a free performance every time? Sure. The performances became longer when the kids grew up and left the house. Johnny went to be a sailor, joining the Navy and fighting to save the world. Or that's how he put it. Bella would try her luck as a singer. 
She fell in love with music the first time she listened to her mother's violin, but Melody wouldn't let her touch it. The next available instrument in the house was her voice, so she trained and trained, and now she's going to live in the city to find success. So far, they seem to be doing fine. They left Melody alone, though. It's all right, remember? She always had a routine. The years I observed her, she had always done the same. The songs were different each time. Songs from a past she gave up. She traded it to start a family, and she told me she never regretted it. That's what she says most of the time. Especially when I'm there in the yard, sitting beside the white cloth, listening to her, she would stop halfway. Remember this? This was my future. She would shout that out loud, and I'd always reply. But what about the kids? You said you wanted to see them grow. It's always going to be the kids. I knew it's going to be about the kids. Where are they now? Now that no one's here except me. And she'd frantically point her violin bow up to the sky, waving it above her head like the wand of a wizard. Be careful with that. What if you drop it? And I know what I'm doing. We knew exactly what to say to each other. I start with startled worries, and she attacked with perfect quips. Always the sharp tongue she was. She still is, I mean. And the years came and went. Then there's that special day, November twenty-second. It's probably my favorite day of the year. There was, of course, the usual start: the six a.m. morning rise, the breakfast, the dishes, the housework. On this special day, she had extra to complain about. It was always about me on this special day. Every single time, it starts off with all the bad things I've done since we were married. Where were you when the kids grew up? Who do you think is paying the bills now? Things like that. I'd always answer back to her, but she would never listen. Then she goes out to the yard. No laundry with her. She sets up chairs in front of the stage. Small wooden stools, twenty of them. It won't fill the yard, but you get some sort of audience at least. The only living thing accompanying her was the wind, and the violin at her side. On this day, November twenty-second, she would play the most beautiful song. It was a song that she made. There was no music sheet to look at, and there was no orchestra in the background. Just her and her violin. But Melody, aged forty by now. Performing this on November the second, every passing year since then, would never have known about the true audience listening to her tune. The yard filled with transparent, ghostly chairs, filled with the crowd of the dead, apparitions, lost souls, and other supernatural beings came floating all around the yard. It was always a strange, intriguing sight, but they weren't there to haunt her. Actually, it's the opposite. The song was there to guide them. Our ancestors, their ancestors, and friends of ours who sadly passed away, would be there too. They wanted to see life again, and had waited every single year for her song. They would always come for her. Her so-called concert would last for the whole day, and with the haunted smiling and dancing among themselves, the little ghost children playing around the yard, 
and Melody's family sitting there proud that their child had grown up so well and beautiful. The end of the concert was always the most horrifying to me. Slowly, the audience started to drift away, leaving just her family and myself in my favorite chair in the corner. The song would suddenly stop, and she would look at me, but rather, my chair. Why did you leave me alone? Baby, you know I couldn't help it. I'm going crazy. Why do I even bother talking? (laughs) She would laugh and laugh and laugh, and the laughs turned to cries, and the tears fell to her violin again. She already knew that she was talking to herself. Her monologues were her support, her delusions, her escapes. I couldn't do anything but cry. I couldn't even comfort her, or hold her, or even touch her. It's okay, son, her father would say to me. She can hear you, I'm sure, the mother would say. Then they disappear at the end of the day, every year. But you don't understand. She can't hear me. She never will. Every year. She will never hear me. And now she's 60, with thinner, weaker hands. The plague had struck the nation, and sadly, she wasn't as lucky as she thought. (coughs) She couldn't finish the song. Her hands kept trembling, the bow missing notes, and the violin crying. Finally, she does as well. Melody broke down into a heap with her violin at her side, wailing to an invisible audience. Her crying echoed through the dead, and they stopped playing in their tracks. Soon, the haunts turned into shouts for support. Ancestors, ghosts, apparitions alike, banded together to give her words of encouragement. You can do it, they would say. You can finish the song. I approached her, albeit in vain. Even if she couldn't feel my touch, maybe, just maybe. She met my eyes for the first time. It's like she could see me. My love. It had been over 30 years. My hand was finally on her shoulder. My dear Melody, you could hear your song this whole time. She smiled back. Can see you. The plague had caught her. It was her time. As my hand slowly phased through her shoulder, she started to look out to the rest of the yard. She could see them. The crowd of fans, the followers, the ancestors. They were shouting in joy. Cheers from all directions. She replied with grateful tears. Slowly, she became one of us. She took my hand and her violin, her only other treasure and joined us, her family could finally see her, talk to her, love her as they always had. And we're off on our merry way. My dear Melody is home. Our goal is to calm the living and guide the passing, her violin and my cello. 
will sing to tunes in the background, watching over Johnny and Bella as they cross the seas and fight their own battles. All of their own adventures. <laughs> Our notes were made to bridge both sides, all through her song, with a name we all agreed on. Melody's Way. As for me and Melody, well, we'll keep watch over you. For now, we'll be on our merry way. <laughs> and that is the end of the tale. Until next time, friend, I'll be waiting by the fire. Hey guys, thanks for listening. This time is about Melody, a woman who can play the violin really well, and the dead. Well, ancestors. <laughs> now, in terms of inspiration, I think you can take a good guess as to where it comes from. I recently watched Coco, the Disney movie. Blah, blah, the Disney movie. Well, the Disney and Pixar movie. And it was an amazing and beautiful movie mainly about the Day of the Dead and remembering those who had passed. So, making that connection between the movie and the Day of the Dead and something else as well was what triggered the story in the first place. It felt interesting to see how it was Day of the Dead. It looked like a party to remember the ones who passed and it's like poetic in its own way. To have a day dedicated to that is something I highly respect. It's a bit like Veterans Day in Europe to commemorate those who were in World War II, World War I, and stuff like that. We don't really have that much of a similar day in Malaysia, so that's a point of uh, you know cultural interest, a little uh, cultural fun fact for you. <laughs> So we don't really have a Veterans Day here. And we don't really do that minute of silence thing. So it's interesting. Another thing that I connected this inspiration with was that I had a high school classmate called Melody who actually became a singer. I, I don't know if she plays violin. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure she's doing well now. I haven't talked to her in ages. Because of her, I find out that it was alright to name a girl Melody. And it seemed very fitting when I was trying to find a name for this uh, main character in the story. The thought of that, my classmate, with Coco in the movie and Day of the Dead made this story and gave birth to it. <laughs> and yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. I like dealing with remembering or the act of memory for those who had passed. Because people react differently depending on the loss of family members and friends and stuff. Uh, to be able to persevere despite the loss of someone very dear to you is a quality in a person that I highly appreciate and respect. 
And it's something that we should always strive for. Regardless of how bad the situation is. Or how close that person is. I hope to only learn to become like that. <laughs> I hope to become stronger by writing more stories like these. I feel that each fable that I write is sort of a reflection of what I want to learn as a lesson. Although I have had uh, loss of family members and shock events like that, so... Yeah, maybe I'm just coping well. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess I'll save it for next time. Alright, I'll cut it off here. Take care, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Volume 2 will have so many more stories. Maybe even twice a week. On Monday and Friday. Look forward, friend. I'm so excited to tell them to you. <laughs> if you'd like to check out the latest information on Tempered Fables, do check out temperedfables.com. Alternatively, you can also check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates. Episodes will be released every Monday and Friday. This podcast is produced, hosted, and narrated by Norman T. Chella. On one hand, he's a freelance writer and speaker, and on the other hand, he does voices for characters, commercials, and other real-world things. For more info on him, do check out normanchella.com. Sound effects are obtained from zapsplat.com. Hey there, just letting you know that the following songs in this episode have been used under the Creative Commons license and are obtained from Kevin McLeod of incompetech.com. Mesmerize, Simple Duet, Dance Macabre, Original and Violin Hook Version. And that's it. Check his stuff out, he does great work. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs>